Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode 108 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm Dan Todd. Our theme today is Civility Wars of Free Thinking. That's easy for you to say. (laughs) Well, Cheryl, what does that mean? All right. Well, first of all, the uh, it, it's not civility, you know. I know you like to make up words, but uh, it <laughs> you're you're not even going to go with this, are you? I'm just reading what it sounds like it says. It is actually the civility wars of free thinking. So, does anyone remember junior high? I have a few memories that have stayed with me from that time in my life, and they keep coming to mind in relation to some of the events that have happened in the news. When I was in junior high, my family moved, and in changing schools, I found myself as the new kid. My focus wasn't on being part of any particular group, because at that age and in my previous school, everyone just played with everyone. But in this new school, there were clearly defined groups and cliques. And the rules were, I quickly found out, that if you were part of one group, that you did not play with any of the kids from any other group. Well, for anyone who knows me for more than five minutes, you know that I do not play by those types of rules. I'm I'm a talker for one thing, right? I especially love to talk with people who aren't anything like me. I'm curious about who they are. I want to learn about them and their families and their hobbies, which now that I'm thinking about it, is basically in a nutshell what we do here on Gun Freedom Radio. So anyway, there I am in this new junior high school, and it's the first time Ever and the only time ever that I landed in the principal's office. You see, there there was a fight that broke out. Now, I wasn't actually in the fight, but it turns out that apparently I was the cause of the fight. I wasn't obedient, and I was completely oblivious to all of these hard and fast and yet unwritten rules. And when I wasn't obedient to them, and I had the audacity to not only play with kids from two of the groups, but actually three of the groups, it ended up in a big old scuffle of knees and elbows and bad words being thrown at each other, which seems an awful lot like what happened this past week when music artist Kanye West stepped out of the box others had tried to place him in. He dared to say something nice. This is his crime. He said something nice to one of the kids from the other group. And by doing so, he ended up in the principal's office of public opinion. And the knees and elbows and bad words are being thrown around by all the various groups has created such a fuss that it has made national news for several days. Bitter, yelling arguments have broken out and hateful insults are being lobbed like hand grenades because someone said something nice. Someone dared to think differently and think for themselves, and half the nation has lost their minds about it. If this isn't a wake-up call 
to help us realize how mindlessly we are following in lockstep with what? With who? Who is setting up the rules for what we are allowed to think and for what we are allowed to say? Well, those of us who seek to protect and preserve our Second Amendment rights are all too familiar with this routine of shaming and verbal abuse by those who want us to live under the thumb of uninformed public opinion and have their hand of rights restrictions clamped over our mouths. We have seen the slow and steady progression and escalation of how these rights restrictors enforce their rules and how they attempt to enslave the minds of our children into their ways of thinking. What were merely disapproving looks a few short years ago are now being puppeteered into marches. What are marches today will escalate into legal force tomorrow and all driven by the silencing and unwritten rules that ensure that there are very large prices to pay in this downward spiral. I can only hope that there are enough of us who will commit to paving our own pathways and playing with the kids in other groups to continue to give our children and our children's children a positive example of how to win in the civility wars of free thinking. Dan? Well, you know, I kind of got hung up in that part where you said you like to talk. <laughs> well, that was the biggest news flash of the whole thing. Like, that was pretty shocking. I, I should have probably paused there and let people absorb that that truth that, you know, it, I hide it pretty well, don't you think? Yeah, and then after I got over that, I kind of <laughs> thought, you don't remember the State of the Union address that uh, President Trump did the first year? Okay. And all the great things that they sh- announced that were improvements and things that were happening for people of all color and certain groups wouldn't stand up and clap. Mm-hmm. They knew that this was a good thing that mm-hmm. he was doing, but they wouldn't clap because of what would happen if they did. The mm-hmm. others that are in their group would Right. Don't cheer him. Them. Don't right. don't be positive on any point. And so instead of being behind the policies and behind the the improvements, it's more about being against the person or the party that they're they're sitting on the opposite side of the aisle from. It's and there are so there, limiting. Right, it's so know, like who wants to live like that? Right. Don't you want the freedom to, you know, have friends of every political <clears throat> persuasion and lots of different thought processes and I'm sorry I interrupted I'm you because re- I, I like to talk. Right. I know I, I, I you know what I think I'll just go. I'll see you and I'll see you guys in a couple hours. I, I'm a, it, it, people probably wonder but I'm a Republican. What? Right. What? But you know what? I know several Democrats that have done good Sorry, things. it's not allowed. Good things. They're not allowed to know you. We're, on our side, we're allowed to know anybody we want. But on the, the other side, they're not allowed to know us and like us. I mean, right. I guess maybe they could know us, but they're definitely not allowed to like <clears throat> us. But there are some good things about you know, some of them do good. And, I, and I'm going to bring it out when I see something mm-hmm. that's good. And I hope that my fellow Republicans don't get upset with me because I think that somebody did something good. And, and I don't think that that's a problem on the conservative side of politics. I Maybe, maybe I'm clouded because I, I come from that, that side and I know how I think. Maybe I'm projecting my acceptance of, of others on other people that, that, you know, maybe they are very close-minded and limited. But I really, I don't see that. You know, for one thing, conservatives, the way that we're builders, we're very independent-minded. You know, we're the lone rangers. We're not the ones that gather all of our neighborhood friends together and say, let's go march down the street. You know, let's go, let's go strike. You know, we are the ones who are like, you know, Pull up your big boy and big girl panties and let's figure out how we're going to, how we, how you and I are going to get through this or make this work. And 
some of that also comes from, you know, we're entrepreneurs, we're, we're small business people, and we know we got, there's no striking, right? You don't stand out on the street corner because you aren't making money if you're not busting your hump right. every day working as many hours as you can squeeze out of a day. But well, I look at us as a, you know, we are Republicans and we, um, we've had Democrats on our show. Absolutely. That have given good input. Absolutely. And I look at we other some shows. great friends who are you know, libertarian, Democrat, everything. Oh, did I interrupt again? <laughs> I think, Ed, one more. That's two. One more and she's out. I'm out, okay? I'm going to go do something. I'm going to go eat. You're or out of here. The <sighs> other thing, there's our, there are shows that are shows that are mostly based off Democrats or liberals that they invite Republicans or conservatives or whatever to to um to to shame them yeah instead of trying to understand and right and and so what are we gaining by you know by not doing that by learning from them and listening to them and and respecting them as well so hey we got a great show if cheryl's gonna allow me to talk i'll say that we have first sergeant (laughs) andy brown my coffee i'm not interrupting there All right, Cheryl, go ahead and introduce our guest. We have sipping so- my coffee. <laughs> Ed, do you have a t- shut her mic off? Shut her mic off. Okay, her mic is off. Go ahead now. Try it, Cheryl. We have Sergeant Andy Brown. He's author of Warnings Unheed, Twin Tragedies at Fairf- Fairchild Air Force Base. Andy is a 10-year veteran of the Air Force as a law enforcement specialist, and he will be here to talk to us and look at our history to understand violence and mental illness, leadership and accountability, trauma and recovery. You can put her mic back on. I think she's calmed down now. We have Alicia. I said it wrong. Go ahead. You got the mic on. Alicia Walcott. Okay. You were close. uh, Alicia Walcott. She refused to sing the national anthem in a gun-free zone where she felt her constitutional rights were being infringed on. That's going to be an interesting story. Mm-hmm. We have Brandon Tatum. He's a motivational speaker who isn't afraid to tackle this uncomfortable topic such as racism or to express his value for our constitutional rights. Brandon is the director of urban engagement at Turning Point USA, CEO, CEO founder, owner at Tatum Motivation, and special contributor at Conservative Tribune. Then our second era, we have... Dr. John Eden. Eden. And I know him. Okay, if I don't read, I'm fine. It's like the and the. I mean. You just want me to interrupt again. Okay. He's a member of Doctors. Doctors. (laughs) Cheryl, go ahead. He's a member of Doctors for Responsible Gun Ownership, the DRGO, here to discuss the findings that the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, ignored the findings that every year a quarter of a million people save lives by being responsibly armed citizens. And finally, last but not least, Chris Wagner. Chris is an ops lens contributor and U.S. Army veteran. He has been in law enforcement for the last 35-plus years. He specializes in LE firearms instruction, and he is in charge of a large police academy in North Florida. We're going to ask Chris about some of his latest articles, which includes one on the murder of two of his students, the police officers who were recently killed in a restaurant during their dinner break. It's a sad, sad story. We also will have our Responsibly Armed Citizen Report and Dan's commentary. Um, Do you really think that's going to happen? We'll try. (laughs) It's shaking his head no. Um, I'm just going to drink a lot of coffee today, which might make me talk more. I don't know. Better go to break. Stick around.
And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's saf.org. Hi folks, I'm Don Carter. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours too. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And I also wanted to mention that this show is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Find out more and check out all of the great content at selfdefenseradio.net. Well, our first guest is Sergeant Andy Brown. He's the author of Warnings Unheeded Twin Tragedies at Fairchild Air Force Base. Andy is a 10-year veteran of the Air Force and as law enforcement specialist. And he will be here with us to look at some of the recent events where unheeded warnings have led to tragedies. We're going to look at how leadership and accountability would have made all the difference in some of these tragedies. Welcome to the show, Sergeant Brown. Hi, Cheryl. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, and thank you for your service. I I definitely don't want to forget to thank you for your service. Um, Thank you. I I think that uh, we need more and more positive examples of people who will step forward and and do the things that uh, the way that you have. So I appreciate that. Thank you. So I wanted to talk about your book. I mean, we talked maybe a year or so ago on on the show. And who would be able to imagine that the title of your show and the topic or, or the title of your book and the topic of your book would be more and more relevant? Like we are not learning, right? No, yes. A lot of the incidents lately, especially lately, have a common theme where there were warnings ahead of time, and they went unheeded. Well, give us a quick overview, if you could, of the incidents that you write about in your book, and then we'll try to tie them into what what can we possibly do in the future to start to do better. Sure. Yeah, warnings unheeded, it covers two tragedies that happened at Fairchild Air Force Base. One was a plane crash that was flown by a rogue pilot that had grown increasingly reckless. And then the second incident that occurred four days prior to the plane crash was an active shooting at our base hospital. And both incidents have been predicted by numerous individuals who tried to raise the red flags and and report their concerns to their superiors, but their warnings went unheeded. The, the incident most of interest to your audience would be the shooting <clears throat> at the hospital. There was a, an airman, he was a former airman at the time of the shooting. When he was in the Air Force, several people were concerned about him. They were 
his coworkers had a, a fear of him and predicted that he might become violent. And his odd and unusual behavior led to several referrals to mental health doctors who recommended his discharge and referral to civilian mental health care. One doctor even predicted that he would one day return to the hospital and kill them. Uh, the individual spent 90 days in an inpatient psychiatric ward where he was diagnosed with several mental illnesses, schizophrenia, paranoia, and psychotic disorder, and bureaucratic errors and political pressure led to him being discharged from the hospital and reassigned to another Air Force base where his mental health disorder eventually led to his discharge. And he was stalking the uh, some of his leaders at the base even after he was discharged, and security police encountered him and were concerned about his welfare and tried to get him some mental health treatment, but there's no facilities available, so he was just released on the street mm. and returned to Fairchild and, and sought vengeance against the psychiatrist and psychologist that he blamed for ruining his career, and then he continued through the hospital shooting men, women, and children. Mm. There are so many echoes and similarities to what we just recently saw happen in Parkland, Florida with the high school murders. And we're always told that, you know, if you see something, say something. But that is clearly not working, and it's not enough. So what are your thoughts on what we could do better? I mean, not, not just what should have been done better, but actually looking forward with leadership and accountability I mean or do you think that there is any way for us to do better I think there is there there are some programs in place <clears throat> excuse me that um, that are working that just need to be implemented more and, and educate people about them you need to educate yourself on the signs and symptoms that precede these incidents so that you'll learn to recognize them and then raise the alarm but then People who who you're talking to, they need to know what what uh, options are available to them. One thing to improve the mental health system is to increase the number of inpatient beds. The, the number of beds has been declining since the 50s, mm-hmm. <clears throat> even though the the uh, need for those services continues to to stay the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, not only would it prevent violence, not all people who have mental illness are would become violent. A lot of them end up homeless and in jails uh, or just committing small acts of violence against family members or police officers. But if we would learn how to better treat all of people who are mentally ill, it would definitely prevent some of these tragedies. Um, hospitalization, usually you can only keep them in there for 72 to hours to 14 days, and then they're released and they probably don't uh, follow up, don't, don't stay on their treatment plan. So enacting maybe an outpatient, a mandatory outpatient treatment plan like some states have done would do a lot to to help so that it's like a Mm -hmm. court-mandated treatment and and case management. And a due process of law is there. You're not um, just able to arbitrarily force people to, to go and undergo treatment, but if it's deemed necessary, if the person is unable to care for themselves or a threat to themselves or others. There are programs out there that, that could be better put to use. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And something else you discuss in your book is, in broad terms, trauma and recovery. And so in thinking about, you know, how much um, when, like, the, the Parkland shooter and, you know, just go back to any of these these big mass murderers, the amount of FaceTime the public gets with their actual face and learning about them and that sort of thing, um, you know, there's, there's always that fear of copycats, people who see this mm-hmm. as a form of um, celebrity, and they, they want that in their life as well. But then there's this, also this... Um, and right now the term is escaping me, but it's almost like, you know, all of us who have been witness to this through the, the media, we're traumatized. Like we're, we're sort of part of the, the walking wounded, emotionally wounded. And 
we don't, there's no way for us to really effectively um, deal with that and heal from that. And I think that that's just causing the, the sickness through society to just deepen and broaden. What are, what are your thoughts on how I'm tying those two things together, the way you've talked about trauma and recovery in your book and, and how I'm talking about these other issues with the public? Yeah, the oversaturation in the, the media, it really does get to you mentally. I generally turn off the, the TV. I don't watch a lot of television news, and I wait until after the incident is, like a few weeks after the incident, so all the facts have come out before I read about the incident to try to learn from it. But, you know, there's so much coverage in the media, they haven't learned that lesson as far as inspiring others to get that infamy and attention but i would i would suggest that you take a break from the the media because it really can be depressing and affect your mental health absolutely well we're running low on time but you know what if you could just sum up in a a word or two what you think uh would do the nation good in considering that we've seen so many warnings go unheeded and that we're not seeing any indication that the next warning is going to be heated. What could you possibly leave us with as kind of a, let's let's see what we can do about making things better. What are your thoughts? I think there's too much focus on the methods that people use to commit these murders. You need to, to stop focusing so much on the firearms and, and laws that restrict law-abiding gun owners and speak more about mental health and and things that we can do to improve the, the system that we have and make better use of the policies that we already have in, in place to get treatment to these people who might someday become violent or um, it, would, it would not only just reduce violence but also give them a better uh, quality of life basically need to learn learn from from the past because like i said all these incidents they have a lot of commonalities and some studies show that at least 60 percent of the the perpetrators of mass public murder have mental illness issues serious mental disorders Mm -hmm. absolutely well as we wrap up i want to thank you again for taking the time to come on and talk with us about this this is you know, these are deep, these are heavy topics, but I think that it's so important for us to to know our history and know what has happened before and realize that it's going to continue to happen because if you always do what you always did, you're always going to get what you always got. Um, And these warnings do continue to go unheeded. So um, as we're going out, could you just tell folks how they could follow the work that you do and also, of course, purchase your book? Sure. And the book also, it's written like a novel so that the story is more accessible and you can learn from, from that incident, but also at the, in the end of the book, in the back of the book, there are the traits of a potentially violent person and people can learn to, to recognize somebody in their life if, if they encounter someone like that. But the book's available on Amazon in print, ebook, and audiobook, and also on Audible. And they can learn more about the incident at FairchildHospitalShooting.com. And they can follow Warnings Unheated on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Very good. Well, thank you again so much. And again, thank you for your service, Sergeant Andy Brown. Thank you. Thank you, Cheryl. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that that is such an important book. Uh, Be sure to look that up. Warnings Unheated, The Twin Tragedies at Fairchild Air Force Base. And our next guest is waiting in the wings. We have Alicia Walcott just on the other side of these messages. Now, she's the young lady who decided, you know what? I do want to sing the national anthem, but I'm not real keen on going into one of these, quote, gun-free zones. I don't want to leave my constitutional rights on the other side of the fence. So stick around. We're going to have a great conversation with Alicia Walcott. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. 
Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are excited to bring on our next guest because she's what what's going on with her is so in line with our theme today, which is civility wars of free thinking. And people that want to think for themselves and think out of the box and say or do something that's unpopular, there's such a heavy toll. There's such a heavy price for us to pay. And uh, Alicia, you know, she stood up for herself recently. And I wanted to talk to her about that because she's a young lady who said, you know what, I do want to sing the national anthem at uh, a sports event. I'm talented. I've trained myself. I was accepted. There's even a process you go through to even be accepted to do that. But she said, you know what, I'm just not comfortable doing that in one of these quote-unquote, air quote, gun-free zones. I'm not comfortable with leaving my constitutional rights on the other side of the arena wall. And I wanted to bring her on and talked with her about that whole incident. Alicia, welcome to the show. Hi, Cheryl. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So did I did I state that about right, about where your mindset was with all of that? Yes, absolutely. It was very much that. I was so excited to sing and then to find out that I'm not allowed, you know, and I'm one of my rights like what mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so you know did you have a whole bunch of people go hey thumbs up to you way way to stand up for what you believe in uh was that the response that you got <laughs> you know it was definitely a mixture I did get a lot of private messages that were thank you so much for standing up for our rights we're hats off to you we stand with you and then, of course, with it came a lot of the, you're stupid, don't know what you're talking about, things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And isn't it funny, and I get that a lot, too, that it's always the private messages that are thumbs up supporting me, right? And then the public messages are the ones that are the trolls and the haters. And so then the, the implication to anyone peeking in and reading the threads is that, you know, nobody's on the side of people who want to, you know, say something a little bit different. Um, exactly. It, it's that silent majority. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you'd said that there was kind of a common response. It was a little bit of a red herring uh, when we were talking off air. What, what, was, what were people saying about your stance? 
a lot of the responses, a lot of the one thing I noticed was they were saying, well, why does she need a gun to sing? Are we going to have <laughs> sound effects for Rocket's Red Flare? And, and, <laughs> that was pretty cute. funny. But, That's cute. But that, that wasn't the point because I was going, I hadn't actually even gotten my schedule to sing yet when we saw these new regulations saying that you can't bring a gun into the stadium. I don't need a gun to sing. There are plenty of times I can go somewhere and sing and not feel like I'm going to be attacked or need to protect myself i've sang the anthem before a few years ago and i don't it was when i went to the game for my own enjoyment Mm -hmm. does that make sense Mm -hmm. absolutely and so people missed that point they it was two separate instances when being being asked to sing and going to a game with my husband for just pleasure well i think that it's even there's kind of two things here for me one is you know, the importance of reminding people that, you know, being able to to carry your tool of defense, whatever that tool is, maybe maybe it's a knife, maybe it's mace, maybe it's a firearm. Being able to have that, that is, I mean, that's the difference of life and death, right? That's not exactly. something you just play, play around with and just kind of mindlessly go, oh, well, here I'm allowed to, you know, protect my life and the lives of my family, and over there I'm not. I think that it's good that you engaged not only your thinking, but that you caused others to have to go, wait a minute, what now? We we don't have to just mindlessly follow other people's rules? Wait, I got, that's not what we're hearing all the time. So for me, right. that's huge. Yeah, definitely. Um and that, and that was another thing I noticed. A lot of people were saying, you know, I don't want to be somewhere with a person who has a gun right next to me. And I don't think people understand the point of concealed carry. It's, it's concealed. You don't know I have a firearm right. with me. Yes, exactly. How many people every day are you next to that carry a firearm? And you have absolutely no idea. But they're not sitting around wave. And that was something people were like, oh, they're going to go wave their gun around. No, a responsible gun owner is not going to go, I have a gun, look at me, I'm cool. Exactly. And so then the second fold issue for me is that there is a real, a very real safety issue when we are going to, let's say it's a sporting event, right? Or to the airport or someplace that everybody knows that everybody walking from the parking garage through whatever streets and alleys and uh, neighborhoods and whatever they've got to walk through to get to the event where it's this gun-free zone all the bad guys know that everyone attending let's say the game is unarmed Mm -hmm. all the way from the parking lot to the event and then all the way from the event back to the parking lot and exactly go ahead sorry there's there's a lot of places in downtown reno that people will park that aren't right next to the stadium there's a few times i've parked numerous blocks away and at night Mm-hmm. Kind of sketchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I had an uh, incident like that uh, six months or so ago where I was going to, I think it was a basketball game or something. And it was one of the odd occasions that I was meeting friends there and my husband wasn't with me. And knowing that I couldn't have my my tool of defense, any of my tools of defense with me, uh, like I really kind of thought about it for a second. I'm like, do I really want to go that bad? Maybe I don't want to go that bad that I'm going to risk that something might happen and I'm allowing myself to be disarmed. So when I heard your stance and what you did, I was like, high five, sister. I know what you're feeling, right? Yeah, and it, it was hard. I, I'm not going to lie. I almost cried because I love baseball. Mm-hmm. And it was such a hard decision to say, you know what? This is, this is it's a slippery slope. We're heading down to this movement that is seeking to take away our guns mm-hmm. and our rights mm-hmm. well and so that's what it, what it came down to do we take part in this event at this place that is seeking that is seeking to join this movement to take away our second amendment rights? right and you had um just kind of mentioned you, you know the primary reason that that you are a gun owner um is having just knowing that you're exercising your liberty you want to talk about that a little bit yeah, and that, that was something else that people missed is it's not, I don't have to carry a gun everywhere I go. It's not, I'm not afraid, I'm not paranoid. It's, 
it's that I should have the option to whether or not I want to protect myself, whether it like any place or time. Mm-hmm. This should be my choice and not place my protection in the hands of someone else, which moments like, for instance, Parkland, where the cops sat outside and didn't do anything. They want me to sit and wait for that. Right. We're outsourcing our security to people that we don't even know if they are trustworthy. Right? Exactly. It's just crazy to me. And we're abdicating all of that to someone somewhere just assuming that they're going to value your life and do what it takes to protect your life and the life of your husband or whoever you're with or the person sitting next to you that you don't even know. We're, we're just assuming way too much that somebody exactly. else is going to fill that gap for us. So, mm-hmm. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> so somebody else you'd said was saying that uh, somehow you were breaking the law or you you thought that the the stadium was breaking the law help me understand that one more <laughs> that was another entertaining one in the co- you know because i sat and read most of the comments i got and uh someone said if she doesn't want to follow the law lock her up and that it kind of became a theme and i'm like well wait a minute wait oh a minute gosh lock I'm her up breaking the law <laughs> the law in nevada it's we're an open carry state for one mm-hmm. and a private company just saying hey you can't carry here that's not a law that's their policy and that's fine, which means they couldn't they couldn't have me arrested for carrying. They could say, hey, you're trespassing, you need to leave. And then if I refuse to leave, yes, then I could be arrested and you could lock me up and have your fun. Wow. You know what? But that's not what was happening. Right. And just the fact that you understand all those, those different nuances uh, and so many others just don't. I mean, mm-hmm. why is this not a wake-up call for people in their own ignorance? I mean, that's kind of a hateful-sounding word, but I don't really mean it as to necessarily be hateful. But it's just if you don't right. know, then you don't know. And then if you, if you know that you can find out and choose not to, then that's willful ignorance. And there's just way too much of that out there. And I just applaud right. you so much for at educating you. yourself, being actively involved, and you know what? You didn't say, you know, look, I'm going to form a march and I'm going to force this stadium to bend to my will. You just said, you know what? Right. I'm, I'm going to choose to say, fine, if that's what you want, I'm just not going to play your game. And I really, exactly. really respect that. Thank you. Yeah. And I, and I wanted people to know I said it wasn't it wasn't that, you know, people, if you're 15 minutes the same. It's, no, this is a very real issue. And people need to understand that there's two sides. Absolutely. You know, we're always hearing this phrase, well, we just need a conversation about blah, 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 right? But then when you mm-hmm. when you act, actually do something, and it costs you, right? It costs you to not be able to sing the, the anthem, which is something you've exactly. worked for, something you tried out for, something that you, you're skilled at. And you are willing yeah. to, to take that cost because the, the principle is worth more. Exactly. Well, Alicia Walcott, thank you so much for your stance, for your voice, uh, for the example that you set, and thank you for taking the time to come on and talk with us about it. Of course. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it, and I'm glad to be able to have this conversation with you. Absolutely. And if anybody wants to, you know, reach out to you in a civil and kind and logical way... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, is there a way that, that they can do that? Do you have a, any kind of a public Facebook page or anything like that? Or you just want to be a private citizen? You know, I don't, but I do have it set to where people can request to send me messages. So if they just want to look me up by my name, Alicia Walcott, they can do that. Very good. And I don't have to respond, and I have that right. <laughs> Amen to that. Well, thank you again so much, and uh, God bless you. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Alicia Walcott. Very interesting. I, I love talking to ordinary citizens who have done something to distinguish themselves in some way. And our next guest kind of fits that bill, Brandon Tatum. He has, uh, he was a, a police officer in Tucson, and now he's a motivational speaker. He is the director of urban engagement at Turning Point USA. He's the founder and owner of Tatum Motivation. And he's a special contributor at Conservative Tribune. Stick around. 
And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I am asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's SAF. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. Well, we are waiting, pausing just a moment, trying to get our next guest on the line, Brandon Tatum. Hopefully the the phone uh, gremlins will cooperate with us. But, you know, sometimes that happens on a live show. So we just kind of roll with it. Um, I do want to definitely mention that this show is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. There are dozens of shows uh, already signed up, already uh, still joining, uh, soon to be announced. And uh, so we are very proud of this uh, network that Paul Lathrop uh, is kind of the, the thinker behind this. And he's one of the co-hosts of Polite Society podcast. And he said, you know, it is so hard to know how to trust the information that you're getting because, you know, so often when we go to the interwebs, right, the Internet, and we want to research a topic, you know, you've got to kind of engage your brain and you've got to do a lot of critical thinking because you got to kind of go, all right, well, here's this website and their headline says this. And then there's like five below it and all those headlines are kind of going in the same direction. So clearly that's what public opinion is, that clearly that is what the truth is. But then if you really start digging into them, you find out, A, oh, well, let's follow the money. Who is you know, kind of financially supporting and paying for this website and that website. And then B, and this is so key, what will happen is somebody will break a story and then everybody just keeps quoting that story. So it looks like, you know, five different reporters have gone out and done their uh, due diligence and they've reported, you know, they've investigated and they're reporting their findings. That's not what's happening. That's, that's not why news. We, is it, I, I, that's gossip, isn't it? It's so, so much. I mean, if especially if that very first article that's being quoted and requoted and requoted, how, how much was that vetted? Right? right? Was that, um, was it kind of like the Mrs. Kravitz version of events? Right. And how about when you look up, when you look, read a title for a news article, and then you go into the article, it doesn't really mean anything what the title said. They fish. They get you in. Yeah. They get you hooked. Clickbait. Right. And it's like, 
what did I just waste my time with that for? You know, it's so true. And I just, this morning I was, you know, scrolling through, just kind of seeing what, what the hot topics are, what people are buzzing about and that sort of thing. And I kept seeing like the word, you know, so-and-so destroys that comedian who was so rude at the, the White House press dinner or whatever that was. And anytime I see words like that, you know, destroys this person, that's clickbait. Like, I'm, I am never clicking on that. Absolutely not. Because I'm pretty sure they probably just snarked a little bit at this person. Uh, there's probably no actual destruction happening. And I'm just not going to honor. I'm mean, so lazy. Like, just going straight for the emotional tug. You know, don't tell me. You know, I noticed years ago um, there was this shift like when I was a kid and I would just kind of hear the news because my, my grandparents would have it on or whatever, you would ju- the phrasing was different. You would just hear, you know, just the facts. The man. facts. Yeah. So this happened on the corner of so-and-so and, you know, police are following up with the witnesses, blah, blah, blah. And then slowly but surely there was this progression where you started hearing other words sink in like this terrible event, right? This tragic you know, destruction, this, you know, they would just start telling you what you should think about everything they reported in the news. And I guess because I'm a word nerd, and partially because, you know, I've always been so fascinated with psychology and how people communicate to one another, and the word choices that they use and don't use in their body language and their tone of voice, all those things, that just stuck out for me when I started hearing that. And I... I rebelled against it. I didn't like it. I thought, no, I'll decide for myself if that storm was terrible and tragic or, you know, um, or this thing or that thing. Because the other thing that we know is that there's, there's a balance in life, right? There's the yin and the yang. So let's say, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example. Let's say a forest fire, right? Well, that's destructive and it's horrible and it's scary and it's dangerous and it is all those things. But it's also, you know, part of the circle of life, right? And it's part of, you know, the regrowth that that comes from it. Now, I'm not talking about somebody that goes and sets arson, that sort of thing. I'm just talking about before, you know, anybody occupied lands from sea to shining sea, there were such things as forest fires. (laughs) They, They came along and they happened and trees grow and they die and, you know, that kind of thing. And so is it, is everything only one can you only see things through one lens so am, am i rambling too much or am i making you're rambling sense? too much because <laughs> you're going all over the place and i wanted to comment at the start of it when you wait were a minute now i gotta interrupt you again because i like to talk <laughs> at the start of the, at the start of your rant you were saying that uh you know the news is is uh, is not telling the truth and you know they're exaggerating the stories and we back in the old days you would listen to the news and you were able to form your own opinion Mm-hmm. Now it's like, okay, Circle K got robbed at 20th Street in Van Buren today. And, you know, what was he doing out at 3 o'clock in the morning? And let's have somebody come in and talk about that. Well, at 3 o'clock you shouldn't be on the streets like this and all this other stuff when it's all, all I want to know is the facts. Then yeah. after I see that there are several robberies in that area, well, I just won't go in that area anymore. But that's the problem. There, there's just too much exaggeration. You know, th- there seems to be plenty of news. Mm-hmm. that we shouldn't have to exaggerate the stories. I mean, uh, th- even on Fox News, they'll say, there was a shooting. We don't know how many people were shot. We don't know if anybody was shot. Right. We're not sure it was a gunshot, but stay tuned because we're going to get right back to you. Back on the shooting. Well, you know what? Uh, it might have been gun back. Uh, it might have been a backfire, uh-huh. but we're not sure because we're not sure if there's any cars in the area. Stay tuned. Well, right. it wasn't a shooting. Somebody had a snap cap and um, they snapped the cap and people ran from all over. You know, so they just they're wanting a story so bad and they want to be the first one to tell the story. They're exaggerating and they're just trying to keep you. Listen to me. Listen to me because I'm coming out. I'm going to be able to give you the story. But don't go anywhere else because when I get the story, I'll tell it to you. Mm-hmm. And and they just want you to stay glued, and 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 they're given nonsense. Oh, so true. You know, there was this radio station that I actually stopped listening to um, because 
they would constantly set up in our next segment, we're going to talk about, and then they would say, talk, you know, a topic. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I want to, I want to listen to that. And so they would get to the end of the segment and they hadn't talked about it. But as they're going out to commercial, they're like, well, stick around because coming up, we're going to talk about. And it wasn't like they were legitimately running out of time in each segment. You know, we do this now and, and there's sometimes we just flat out don't get to the topics we think we're going to or, or run out of time or, you know, the phone gremlins, uh, you know, make it where we can't reach. Or because Brandon somebody Tatum. talks too much. <laughs> or because, what? Are you talking? Did you look at me when you said that? No, sure. But, no, no. But yeah. but anyway, that was manipulative. That was flat out because right. it was every day, every show. And, you know, I got hooked enough times that I, I got mad at myself. I was like, oh, they are not doing this to me again. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. I'm an idiot sitting in my driveway waiting for one more segment so I can hear about that topic. It's like, no, if it's that important, I'll look it up on, you know, probably back then it was just in the newspaper. So maybe that's why. <laughs> I don't even know if we had the Internet. So, so. that's maybe why people drive slow on the freeway, because they don't want to get to work until they hear the story. So they're going way slow so they can wait for that story. Right. Um, there's that's a theory. I don't know. I, I've seen that happen. I know. Probable, I get very frustrated. but it's I get possible. Very frustrated with that when you, you think you've got a story and you want to know. Yeah. And then they never even cover it or they cover it after you turn the radio off. Yeah. I don't think they could really get away with it quite in the same way these days because people's attention spans. I mean, we like even videos I see come through on Facebook or whatever. It's like I'm the first thing I do is I look to see how long it is. Right. And so it's like, well. 60 seconds I'll definitely listen yeah if it's three minutes mm, it better be yeah. pretty interesting and I just want to bring up one thing before we run out of time you know when you're you're on the you know you're um you're doing interviews on the radio like our show we do interviews with people let's get both sides and you know if there's anybody out there that wants to talk to us about the reasons why we shouldn't have guns come on the show we'll talk to you right absolutely so we want both sides and half the time uh, most of the times on the on the local radio stations, they just want to tell you their story and then they want to push it, push that story. And yes, we are pro-gun. We want pro-rights. We want to talk about that. But give us a reason why we shouldn't do what we're doing. Absolutely. Well, we have to run. And unfortunately, we weren't able to connect with Brandon Tatum, but hopefully we can uh, have him on in the future. But in the meantime, definitely look him up. Um, he has got a great YouTube channel. He does wonderful Facebook Lives where he engages his, uh, his tribe, right, his followers in topics such as racism. He, he takes the unpopular stance and he doesn't, he's not belligerent, but he doesn't back down. You know, he gives people a chance to weigh things on both sides. Um, so stick around because we still have our entire second hour of Gun Freedom Radio where we'll be talking with Dr. John Adine and Chris Wagner. We'll also have our Responsible Armed Citizen Report and Dan's commentary. Mm. Stick around. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. 
Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Hey, this is Lloyd Bailey, the Armed Lutheran, host of the Armed Lutheran Radio Podcast, reminding you that the podcast you're listening to is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Check out all the great content at selfdefenseradio.net.